0: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling.
2: King of Spots New Japan Pro Wrestling
3: Everybody, to Wrestling Omakase. It is episode number 78, and we've finally reached the end of our long journey, the year interview series. Um, I should have counted before we started, but I believe we did seven of these this year. Uh, and this is the very last one. It's not the last one I'm recording, but it is the last one all of you will hear the New Japan Pro Wrestling year interview episode. Uh, you know, I figured save probably the promotion with the most fan interest on this network last and i've got quite the team of guests here to join me um first of all from uh vow contributor returning guest hello august baker hello john how have you been doing
4: uh pretty good pretty good it's been a good year
3: i know you volunteered for this one pretty quick because you said it was like the only promotion you actually watched with any level of detail so
4: well it's that's uh, one reason it was a good year i stopped watching wwe as much <laughs> so yes. i had a lot of free time
3: you were you were on our psychotic wwe interview last year which <laughs> yeah. you you missed the one this year that so i,
4: I listened to it though and it, it sounded like a <laughs> it was, therapy session it was
3: just a psychotic um but thank you for coming on again august and then we have three new guests um why don't we start with evan Hi, Evan. Greetings. Uh, you've actually been on this network before, as you just told me before you went on the air on WrestleNomics, but this is your first time on Wrestling Omakase. So, very happy to have you on here. How have you been doing?
1: I'm good. Just got home from college yesterday. So, now I can do stuff like this.
3: Yeah, very fun stuff. Um, you're like the young of the podcast. You have four, four old people <laughs> on here with you. But... Yeah, I'm 20. Yeah, <laughs> we were actually discussing this like before you came on. We were talking about how because because Joel brought up a a video game Shemnu or Shemmu, whatever the hell it is, and we're just figuring out that you were like two years old. When that came out. So there you go. Time marches on. Um, but thank you for coming on. And the final two new guests are both from the Super J Cast on this very network. Um, let's start with Joel, all the way from China. Hi, Joel.
2: Hello, everybody. I'm, uh, taking the morning out of my master's course to do this, so hopefully my professors don't listen to, uh, voices of wrestling, otherwise I'm going to be in deep shit.
3: <laughs> wow, the sacrifice to appear on this podcast, it's very, uh, very commendable. And our yeah, final I, guest... I've been
2: wanting to come on this for, like, six months, <laughs> so, uh, it's, it's about time. I don't know why,
3: but I appreciate it. Our final guest is David. Hi, David. Hey, everybody.
0: How's everybody? We're ready to talk a little uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'm excited. I was I I I as well wanted to come on the show, but uh, scheduling and all that stuff. So I'm glad uh, I'm glad to be on. This is going to be fun. A little year in review.
3: Yes. So the New Japan year in review. Obviously, it was quite the year for New Japan Pro Wrestling. some would say a mixed bag of year, some would say a fantastic year. So we're gonna break it all down and see what we all uh, come down on. It all started with Wrestle Kingdom 12 in Tokyo Dome, which, you know, as most of you will be hearing this, will be almost time for Wrestle Kingdom 13. Um, I, you know, I think even most people who are fairly critical of the promotion would find it hard to describe this show as anything other than a pretty damn good show um there of course is one major controversy in the at the very end of it um that i guess we can get into but as far as the show overall um i guess joel what did what did you think of wrestle kingdom 12
2: it was fantastic and for me personally being the first new japan event that i went to live it was so exciting for me to go to japan and get in the tokyo dome for the first time and i think Possibly that live experience has uh, made it a lot more enjoyable for me than most people because I know in our awards, at least Dominion uh, was a lot of people's favourites, but I absolutely love Wrestle Kingdom. There wasn't a bad match on the show and I'm someone who likes the gauntlet matches, so I hold my hands up and say so i probably look upon those slightly more favourably than most people, but from top to bottom, it was just excellent. Nothing dips. I mean, what was the worst match on the show? The Tanahashi-Jay uh, White match, and even that wasn't bad, so... I just think this is just an outstanding show, top to bottom.
3: Now, that, that is interesting. I totally forgot that you went to the show. Um, that was obviously, like you said, your first live New Japan show. Where are you sit? Where are you seated at Tokyo Dome?
2: I have floor seats, so um, I think it was Arena B, but um, it was basically right next to the spot where uh, Izuku came rampaging out oh, during the Gauntlet awesome. match, but just too far away to catch an Akada dollar.
3: <laughs> and then Damon, you were there as well, right?
0: Yeah, it's funny that you know we both were there, but we didn't know each other and we didn't meet each other. And um, well, yeah. I knew you, Damon. Well, yeah, he knew me. He just didn't know who I was. It's all right. Listen, uh, you know, look at look at where you are now. Um, yeah, so I was in what was it, Arena A section? I think it was in like row nine or something like that. So it was right behind the Golden Circle thing.
3: Mm. Problem was. Uh.
0: It's a big drinking day, big time drinking day. And then we had a meetup and I was like, just not in the right frame of mind. So I decided to start drinking Strong Zeros at like 830 in the morning. <laughs> so I was just pounding them down. And uh, yeah, like by the time Jay White and Tanahashi got on, they were struggling a little bit. <laughs> but uh, I, I I do. I, I think it was a great show. Uh, let, me, let me pump the break. I, so I went to this show, and then I went to the, the previous Wrestle Kingdom. And I think the previous one, for me, is a little bit more memorable. One, it was right. the first. But also, this past Wrestle Kingdom, I don't know if it had that that match that you walked away from the dome thinking, wow, that was a, that was a fucking great match. Yeah, I agree. Had a lot of really good matches, but nothing that knocked your pants off, right?
3: And I actually think 11, 11 had two. I think because I think Tanahashi Naito was at at that level too.
0: Yeah, even Shibata. uh, Yeah, you know, know, right after that intermission was just you know just one after the other, just pounding you.
3: Yeah. Um,
0: And and again, you you didn't. I you felt like you were at an event. You felt like you were at something special. You felt like you were at the coolest concert or the you know uh, just a fun time. But again, I guess the general feeling was one. I mean, no title change, and I think a lot of people went into it expecting it. You could sense it in the building,
3: and then this yeah, t- I want to, I want to ask you specifically about that. So hold that thought, and then so far, this
0: was was you didn't feel like you had that just blow away match that 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 rocked you leaving the dome.
3: Yeah, I think Okada Naito was getting there, and then it just like kind of abruptly ended, which is I think one of the weird parts about that whole match. Um, Evan, do you disagree at all with our consensus? We're, we're, we're reaching consensus here. Would you put twelve ahead of eleven?
1: I would not put twelve ahead of eleven. I don't think so. In um, fact, I'd say that I've watched um I've watched four uh, Wrestle Kingdoms live since I started becoming a fan. Uh 12. ten, eleven, twelve. I'd probably say twelve is either the weakest or the second weakest from that uh match quality perspective.
3: Yep. I pretty much agree. And I think the weird thing is twelve felt twelve felt like an easier watch at first because I think the undercard, like the opening stuff is actually better than usual. Because you had the, the bucks and uh the bucks from Punky Three K was really good. Um Coda, Coda and Cody was like a miracle. And you know, even like the the heavyweight tag title match. But yeah, I don't know, then like it ends on kind of a downer with the, the last three matches to me not quite hitting the level. Of, like, a Wrestle Kingdom 11, like, big post intermission, um, or the big, like, last four. August, do you disagree at all with this opinion?
4: No, I pretty much concur with all that. Like, my favorite match this year was uh Jericho and Omega, and you know, that wasn't a five star match, really. And we're kind of used to having at least one, uh, on these really big Wrestle Kingdom shows, so. It was it was a little disappointing both for the ending and then you look back at it and it's like well it it was a good show It was a great show but you know it didn't have that really great match of the year
3: Yeah the closest thing to me was Suzuki and Goto probably but um just the the lames that Goto went in that match to...
4: I just didn't like that one as much as everyone else did
3: Oh, well, that's fair. So let's talk about the big story then, which is obviously the choice to go with um, having Okada retain the title against Naito. Um, So obviously, I think everybody knows my thoughts on that finish. You know, I probably told the story before, but, like, I just, like, I quite literally collapsed to the ground. Like, that's how, like, shocked and, like, distraught I was. But, you know... I pulled myself up pretty quick, but yeah, I mean, like it was just, if I don't know, like it felt like if that was the closest, and this is a compliment almost to new Japan, like that reaction where I just like, you know, hit the ground like in despair was the only time I can ever remember a pro wrestling result, having that kind of impact on me. That felt like a big, like your team losing a big sporting event, which in a weird way is a compliment, I guess, to new Japan and like the, and to Naito and all that, that they made me care enough about the result of this, silly fixed pro wrestling match. But it's also just like, I i mean, I was also just legitimately stunned. Like I i felt it, you know, like I think everybody kind of felt it as it was happening. Like once, you know, Naito missed that Stardust press and once it kind of hits that Rainmaker, it started to feel like, oh my God, they're really doing this. But, you know, it still was stunning to have the, the refs hand hit three. So let's start with the two in the building. Um, Damon, you were kind of, Touching on this, so what did it feel like in the building when Okada won? Was it? it, it, it
1: like,
3: did, imagine,
0: yeah, it did feel a bit like a like a balloon being deflated. Um, I, I and again, people were there to see Naito win. I, I think by and large, and I I know when the three count happened. I mean, I looked over and I you know I always go every year with uh, uh, Real Hero Eric, and we just looked at each other. And he whispered like not whisper, but just, but mouth the words, they did it again. And he was there when, and again, the roles were reversed and it was Okada against Tanahashi. And, yeah. and everyone in that building felt like, ah, oh, this is, this is title change. This is, this is a slam dunk. No, no doubt about it. And it didn't happen. And, and again, he, he's just they did it again. And, um, Again, it wasn't like you know a, a fart in church, but it was you know deflating. Uh, there were there were everybody there. Even if you weren't rooting for Naito, you still felt like you missed out on something special. You wanted to see the title
2: change, and and it didn't happen.
3: Joel, do you agree or disagree with that assessment from the building?
2: Yeah, being that you just saw how many tens of thousands of people were wearing their L.I.J. merchandise, their Nito merchandise. Um, But I guess the thing with the Japanese crowd, they're not going to vocally shit on it as a Western audience would. So like you said, it was just a lot of people walking out of the arena just looking pretty shell-shocked. Like they couldn't quite believe what they'd seen. So, uh, yeah, just echo what Damon said. I I genuinely felt that I was there going to see this passing of the torch, but it didn't happen. Everyone was expecting it to happen. So I think everyone was stunned. I don't think anyone was expecting Okada to win, even me wearing my Rainmaker t-shirt.
3: Now I want to be—I want to be fair here too, because um, the—you know—I'm sure Evan can tell us if he wants to bring up the graphs and all that. When this happened, I expected Naito. I expected Naito's popularity to take a big hit. I expected his merchandise to sell less. I expected like live gates to be down a little bit. I expected like a reaction. And pretty much none of that happened. I mean, it was actually the opposite. Like, as far as I can tell, NATO's merchandise sold as well as it ever has this year. Unless, Evan, do you have anything to say different? The last time I looked, it was always, like, in the top five, like normal. I don't know if you have any different data on that, Evan.
1: I haven't been putting down numbers or anything like that. But, yeah, I checked periodically. And LIJ is still big on selling merchandise.
3: Yes. So the merch is still about the same. The pops sound the same and arena business, I again I can tell you it's been through the roof all year. So clearly for if if I thought my first reaction seeing it was it was gonna hurt you know business, it did not hurt business. That that's you know that I that I have to say up front. Um, Evan, do you have any thoughts on why that might be? Like what do you think what do you think about that result that maybe didn't have the kind of reaction, even though the fans of the building were stunned and maybe not thrilled with it why do you think it didn't end up having a negative effect
1: on business i think it's well far it for me to talk about fans who i don't really know but i guess most new japan fans especially in japan aren't willing to make or break their decisions based on the success of one guy mm. that you know new japan's ensemble cast is one that is uh, able to keep people coming back for more even if maybe even their favorite wrestler isn't succeeding as much as they want them to.
3: Sorry David, Evan I think you broke up there.
1: <clears throat> um I think that even if Am I hearing something in the background?
3: No, I think we're, I don't hear anything.
1: Okay. Um I think that even if Someone's favorite wrestler maybe isn't isn't succeeding as much as that fan might want them to. They're still a fan of New Japan, and they're still going to go when they're in town or whenever they feel like going. It's yeah. not like I don't. You did a tweet I saw. I think um, after uh, after Zack beat Naito in the G one, and you were like, "We're not getting the Naito run; it's not happening." So stop having emotional investment in New Japan. And I guess most Japanese fans don't think that way.
3: Maybe yeah. That's why. And they're still very emotionally invested in Naito, and I want to say that that tweet was very—I was very raw in that moment. It wasn't uh, necessarily—I've already, you know, not—not not that I'm never going to be emotionally invested in Naito or New Japan again. It was very like I was very angry when I tweeted that, but um, I, I didn't know it's going to have my G1 tweets thrown at me like that. I didn't really. I know what to expect there, but um, I guess what Evan will save the receipts is what I've learned today. But August, um, you're you're more of a Naito fan than Evan, I think. Um, Do you have any? Do you have any? Say he's been your favorite, right? Yeah,
0: for like the last couple
4: of years.
3: So, do you have any insight into why you think maybe the Naito fandom just has been more resilient than? give them credit for and maybe just hasn't dropped off even in the face of him losing the big one here
4: well uh when when he lost it reminded me of four years ago this is not a wrestling thing but the kansas city royals made it to the world series they're my favorite baseball team and they made it to game seven of the world series and it was extra innings and they lost an extra innings and i just like you said, I just collapsed. I was so invested in their playoff run. And it just, it killed me to lose that way. So close. Uh, but they're still my favorite baseball team. And mm. then the next year, they had a great year and they won the whole World Series. And so it, to me, it's kind of like that. Naito's still my favorite wrestler, even though he lost. I'm still hoping he gets that Tokyo Dome main event win. Maybe next year, we'll see, but...
3: Yeah. I mean, I... and uh, Maybe it's, like, false hope. At the end of the day, like, you put the gun to my head and say, like, what will next... Will Naito be in the Tokyo Domain event next year? I would say, yeah. So...
4: Yeah, I'm kind of predicting he is, but we'll see. And also, like, they didn't... New Japan didn't stop pushing LIJ people. Like, the very next set of pay-per-views are events whatever new beginnings had all chaos versus lij singles matches you know and so they they did not go away they did not really get deep pushed any so they're still on the forefront of a lot of these shows
3: yeah and i might not like the jericho thing as much but that's clearly a, a you know an effort to push him as well so um joel said he wants to chime in here on night So joel go ahead
2: Yeah, two points real quick. First thing, I think with uh, the long-term storytelling that Gato does, I think he's built up enough credibility and goodwill where we can reasonably expect things to turn around for Naito at some point. So I think that could be why a lot of LIJ and Naito fans haven't abandoned the product yet. And secondly, his whole gimmick, like the sort of counterculture, anti-authority guy, it's kind of built on him getting screwed by management. That's his whole thing. So, another huge example of it happening at the Tokyo Dome kind of builds to that aura, builds to the character. So it's sort of on brand for Naito to get shafted in the main event of the Tokyo Dome. So uh, I don't. I, I think those are two reasons why it hasn't derailed his popularity.
3: Um, and then go ahead, Damon. You also had a point on this.
0: Yeah, it, it, and and the sports analogy is kind of right up my alley. It, it, you know, the Kansas City Royals. I'm a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. So I know what it's like to lose. And I know what it's like to not uh, perform well when it counts. And I know what it's like to kind of have little glimmers of hope and maybe doing something unexpected and, 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 and then dying at the end, right? So when it happens, and I truly believe it will happen, but when it does happen... It, it, the taste of victory, just so much sweeter, right? I I, I guess I guess it, it, the difference would be being like a, a like a New England Patriots fan. Sorry for all the sports, <laughs> but it's basically Okada, right? <laughs> <laughs> Winning all the time, and it's like okay, got another ring, yippity do, another parade. But if you're like a Philadelphia Eagles fan, who you know, and in a city that lives and dies by by you know American football. You know when they win, you know you lose your mind, and 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 you know you you think you're living in a dream. So I'm hoping that that's what they're going for that that long term slow burn. We're going to take you on a ride. We're going to rip your heart out of your chest, but at the end of the day, you're going to get rewarded even sweeter.
3: Now I'm going to give the because I I agree. And I I like again. Gun to my head. I think Naito either wins the title this year or or this coming year, 2019, or wins the G1 again, but. Like what the pessimist view of all this would be? Well, Naito's in the in the new Nakamura spot, where he's gonna win the white belt, and maybe he'll get his teases on top, but he's never gonna get his real big heavyweight run. Which you know, so far, it's possible that's true. You know, that's possible. That's where he's slotted. So I think that is what worries Naito fans. I wanted to express that worry, but. It's cool that, that Evan brought that tweet because even going back to it, it's like I probably had almost the exact same reaction when he lost to Okada and they built me back up again for the G1 and then destroyed me again when he lost to Zack Sabre. Although it wasn't actually losing the Sabre. It was uh, when New Japan World fucking spoiled it. Do, did you guys remember? Did you get spoiled by this? Anybody? Where if you went on New Japan World like right after night two, um, like before, I guess before the final aired, like the – they had the the graphic is like coming tomorrow you know ibushi and tanahashi before lots of people would have seen naito or the the entire b block final night so that was a little annoying but yeah i mean like when i saw that that was real again kind of ripped my heart out again but i'm sure once naito gets another title shot you know i'll be built back up again or is that uh,
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah or is or he's nakamura yeah or he's nakamura Evan wants to throw something in here
1: go ahead evan well, the uh, Naito as uh, new Nakamura argument, it kind of bothers me because people don't really know what would have been next for Nakamura
3: mm. if he
1: was still around. That's you fair. Know? So I don't really think that that can be a th- like people like to imagine themselves as in the Booker's minds. So like as, as if they know that Nakamura never would have gotten that opportunity. So I don't really like that um, when people use that comparison.
3: That is very fair I think the only thing people might be basing it off of is he himself like told yeah. Tokyo sports he was tired of the white belt like right before he jumped I believe but that again that's that doesn't mean that Gato always was going to slot him there you know they could just I, I think if he had stayed he probably would have feuded with Okada and eventually maybe won the title from him but you know well never it's a different universe clearly um but yeah that is a very good point. So, I think we can move away from the Tokyo Dome then, and let's go into the New Beginning shows. Um, oh, New Year's Dash, obviously the big thing was Jericho attacking Nigel, which kicked off the one-year journey that we've been on. Um, New Beginning, the, the big story, I think, was obviously the Golden Lovers reunion. Um, does anybody have any strong thoughts on that? Let's see. Who would have strong thoughts on Golden Lovers? Joel, that, that'd probably be you. What do you think of the the Golden Lover's Reunion angle?
2: Yeah, I thought it was great. Uh, as someone who... Th- this story was new to me. I haven't followed DDT back in the day. And it just seemed to inspire a lot of goodwill in people. Um, there was some great stuff online, like Twitter threads explaining the whole story. And I was just really impressed at what a brilliant, slow-burn, long-term story that they were telling. And I guess it hasn't really paid off yet. So I think... There hasn't really been a moment that has been worthy of that initial reunion at New Beginning, but uh, certainly it was a heartwarming one. But I'd have to wait and see how it plays out because I was expecting it to have developed further at this point, where it seems (laughs) to have been sort of put on the back burner.
3: So, so here's it brings up a double edged thing here because first of all, clearly the actual teaming of them did not go to places people expected where they, you know, they just, they only have something like six or seven matches of a team the entire year. And Kenny ended up kind of back, you know, in the IWGP, you know, thick of things pretty quickly. The other part is that it's part of the, it was a big, a big like kickoff moment, I guess, of the the bullet club civil war feud that went for pretty much the entire year in two different phases uh, does anybody want to raise their hand as like a big fan of the bolt club civil war was anyone really into that no i no. <laughs> not really um i i just it that to me like if i'm if i'm gonna pick out one thing that really dragged on this year in new japan for me and really was not fun at all just i did not enjoy it all that would be it especially the first phase the second phase I mean, it just the second phase just had no ending, but I actually kind of liked the Tongans kind of, like, rising up and felt like, well, you guys kind of have been ignored for no reason. This kind of feels justified. But this first thing with, like, Cody and Kenny, we had to watch Being the Elite to get, like, half the storyline. And just, Damon, what, I, what do you want to say about the Bullet Club Civil War?
0: You know, it, it, the, the sad part about it is, is that I think a lot of people were looking forward to some type of Reuniting of Abushi and Omega, in some form, whether it be—and again, we always talked about it on on our show—was that glance, right? The AJ uh, involvement, and you know, Abushi and Omega, and that you know, that that glance that we always talked about, and we always kind of built our hopes off of that. What was apparently an impromptu uh, glance, and it just—it was there for the taking. And, it, and I really felt like it could have been great because, like it or not, Bullet Club was a central part of 2014, 2015, 2016, you know, and so forth. And it could have been monumental. And it could have been something that we would be talking about now as a positive. And it just seemed like at every pass and every opportunity, it was a dropped ball. And it was just kind of like, oh, we know what it could be, and it just never delivered.
3: Yeah, I totally agree. August, do you have any other thoughts on the Bullet Club? I, well, in general, I guess the Golden Lovers reunion slash the Bullet Club Civil War in general.
4: Um, yeah, it was a little bit of a drop ball. There was some good stuff to it, like the the Young Bucks versus the Golden Lover tag match. I thought was it was really, really good. Really good. Yeah. Um, I was not a huge fan of Cody getting title matches. <laughs> I don't think he's super great as a wrestler, but uh No, it was it was it ended up being a little disappointing. It was it was good, but it could have been
3: better. Joel wants to jump in here. Go ahead, Joel.
2: Yeah, one silver lining, a bit more shine given to Hangman Page throughout this initial split. He was given some big singles matches and I think he really used this Bullet Club opportunity to make a name for himself.
3: Yep, that's a really good point. Hey Man Page did really elevate himself through all this. He'd be the only person I could think of, really, that I think super benefited from it. Um, the other big stories from New Beginning you have Tanahashi losing the Intercontinental title to Suzuki. Um, pretty awesome match, I think. That was quite the match. Um, and the other two matches in Osaka with Okada, um, retaining against Evil or against Sonata. Evil, um, challenging Goto. It's, it was interesting the way they did that using the tag titles to set that up, which is like the kind of thing, you know, I kind of have want would have wanted to see them use the heavyweight tag titles for for quite a long time. Um, do you have any thoughts on that, Evan? Do you did you enjoy the the heavyweight tag titles getting to mix in with the top level stuff? Yeah,
1: and you heard the reaction when they when those four guys were in the tag batch at Korokin, right? Yeah, it was it was really loud. Yeah, so I really think that you know, I think a lot of people think that that's a direction they should go for in more, where you have people who are credible, top singles guys fighting for the tag belts to very levels of success.
3: Yeah, and you know, if if he wants to win them back, you know, in a few days here at the Tokyo Dome, I think most people yes. wouldn't mind them seeing them mix it up with the main eventers again, and they're very credible in that role. Um, the other thing here was Osprey retaining the junior title against Hiromu, which caused some convulsions at the time, but it would, things would kind of work out for Hiromu and then not work out at all for Hiromu, unfortunately, but as we'll see. Um, then we got into the Honor Rising so- shows, which really don't even really need to be mentioned. Um, unless anybody really feels strongly about Honor Rising. Um, not so much so- Rising, John, but you
0: know, I, we, again, we spoke with uh, Kevin Kelly, and, and as we were recording this, it was just moments ago.
1: And one of the things that he
0: brought up was how you know Ring of Honor treated and treats New Japan, and, and Joel, I ever get the, the exact quote that he used, but it was you know it, the comparison was you know Ring of Honor, uh, you know, is the drunk guy calling the girl at two a.m., and that's how that's, that's how Ring of Honor treated New Japan and it was one yeah. of the, where it was just like yeah you know it's it 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 you know you look at other promotions and what they're able to accomplish with the new japan partnership um and, and just the drop balls speaking of drop balls um that that you have in that relationship is just
3: just an interesting thing um you wanted to throw something in here Joel
2: yeah, just a uh, new beginning. I really enjoyed the rematch between Rapongi 3K and Young Bucks. Um, oh, I enjoyed it yeah. more than the Wrestle Kingdom match, which I thought was great. So I just want to give some credit to Roppongi 3K for having an awesome start of the year. Two really brilliant matches that I think a lot of people have forgotten. And then yes. back on, on Arising, New Japan debut of Flip Gordon. And as uh, August points out, Beer City Bruiser. <laughs>
3: Flip Flip Gordon had like the worst debut in New Japan history I think. That three-way match where he was like botching spots left and right. But it turned he did better in the in the Super Junior, but yeah, that was not the not the greatest New Japan debut for old Flip. Um the anniversary show was in March at Oda Ward Gymnasium. There was a there was like a brief freak out which I should have I should have known to check the Japanese site. 'Cause I, I got tricked by this and Dave Meltzer got tricked by this. When they like put up the schedule at first for like a bunch of a bunch of the dates into the spring on the English site this year, they totally forgot to put up the anniversary show. Which they do this sometimes, they just like miss random shows. But now it was on the Japanese site the whole time and now it's there on the English site too. But yeah, people thought they like forgot the anniversary show show, which did not end up being the case. Um but yeah, this anniversary show. One of my favorite matches of the year, Naito and Taichi. I I adored this fucking match. People thought I was, like, trolling on Twitter when I said it was, like, four and a quarter, whatever I gave it, but I don't know. I watched this. I actually watched this from my hotel room in Spain. I just, I don't know. I just really absolutely loved it. I'll never forget, like, Taichi, like, hitting him with the microphone stand, and I think, like, hitting that last try power bomb and actually thinking, like, looking like he was going to win, but. Naito did, in fact, kick out, did not get beat by Taiji. But anyone else love anything from this show, even if it's not Naito Taiji? Anything stick out to you, Evan? Yes.
1: Well, Okada vs Osprey was great. Want more mixed-weight matches.
3: Um, And this this was technically a mixed-weight match with Naito and Taiji, right? Taiji had not officially moved up to heavyweight yet. Or he, had just, or he just, or did... he okay. Maybe actually no. The mixed weight match was the one they had on the Taka show, and which was all the way back in January. And then like, Naito basically kept goading Taiji into moving up to heavyweight, and that I think he officially did before this match. Um, Joel, you wanted to throw something in here, I think, for anniversary show. anniversary show.
2: Yeah, I think was this a show where we got the first of the many many. Uh, triple threat junior tag team matches between yes, this Desperado and Kanemaru. Rapun- this, is the,
3: this is the one where Desperado and Kanemaru win the belts and like kick off the greatest junior tag title reign since the very first one. Believe it or not, which is like, it feels like no one even knows that that's going on. But yes, the the greatest junior tag title reign in length since um, Otani and Takaiwa back, uh, back in 1998 kicks off on this on this very event.
2: And there was also... Was this where we got Suzuki against Makabe in a surprisingly good match?
3: Yep. Yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, so pretty fun little... Sh- I, I like this show a lot, actually. It was, uh, it was a fun little show. You never know what you're going to get for these anniversary shows, but this one was fun. Um, after the New Japan Cup, does someone who like, really loved Zack Sabre's run here want to speak up? Because... I wasn't a big fan, and he—he really—he got me in the G one, but here I was not really into it. So August, you said you liked it. What did you think of? Tell us about Zach Saber Jr.
4: Yeah, I, I love this uh, run. It, I gave every match except the Sonata match four and a quarter, uh, and I think I gave the Sonata match like four stars. Uh, Zach just brings something different that is just really enjoyable to watch. Like, it's fun watching people hit each other as hard as they can, but it's also fun watching Zach tie everybody up in knots. And so I I enjoyed every match that he'd had in this cup.
3: It's really weird because I really, like, I started loving his stuff in New Japan starting in the G1, but I wasn't into any of this or the Sakura Genesis match either. But Joel said he loved it too. So Joel, go ahead. What else? tell us more about the new japan cup
2: yeah i think i wrote like all of the voices wrestling reviews for this new japan cup so obviously i love zach's run because we're a massive zach fan and this is when he started doing the hilarious backstage promos and referencing Stuart lee and other british comedy and things like that but there were also some really terrific matches outside of the zach matches uh i remember the Elgin versus ishii match being really exciting because i think elkin like dropped ishii on his head and i legit thought that he was seriously hurt uh, there was an amazing first round match between Juice Robinson and Yujiro Takahashi, which I think a lot of people forgot. Yes. Which that was, was like the, ju- you know your best annual match. quality so, Yujiro match.
3: Yeah, the best match of Yujiro's career since like that Naito match in the G1 like four years ago.
2: Yeah, and just going across the brackets, I enjoyed Tanahashi against Taichi. I thought that was really good. Even Farley against Archer was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Tanahashi um, so checking- against Yoshihashi. Sonata so against Chucky T,
3: just for like, first of all, the absurdity of Chucky T headlining in New Japan uh, event. But like, I don't know. I remember liking that one too. So,
2: yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Ibushi against Yoshihashi was great. Uh, Toriano against Sanado, It was like less than five minutes, but it was hilarious. I thought they just have really good chemistry together. Uh, Juice had a, a pretty good run as well. The match against Elgin was good. The semi final against Tanahashi I thought was great. I really thought Juice was going to do it there. So, I just think there's a lot of forgotten matches in this New Japan Cup tournament that are really, really good.
3: And even though I'm, I wasn't as into the matches, I do. I mean, I have to say it was brilliant giving Zach the win here because you can see like just how over he's been with the crowds in Japan versus you know coming into this cup. I mean, it's just it's night and day to me, anyway. Um, and this is also where he got Taka as a hype man, which was kind of brilliant. So um evan any thoughts on the new japan cup
1: i was another person whose opinion of zach increased massively in the tournament i enjoyed all his matches and his final versus tanahashi i think it was um i'd say it was my first match that i really considered to be a match of the year i think i was the high man on that match no one ever no one liked the new japan cup final as much as me i think
3: yeah and i didn't hear that much buzz about it um, Damon, I ain't thinking about the Japan, I think Cup it's like in-
1: four and three quarters on it.
3: Oh, well, there you go. Then I guess, I guess you and Joel, David, count, is-
0: count me in there too, because uh, I definitely like that. And, yeah, and, and Joe rattled off a bunch of matches that it's true, it does, they, they, they do fall under the radar just by the, the amount of great matches that you had this year, which I again, I think people. As the kids like to say, they like to sleep on this year a little bit, and uh, I think the New Japan Cup is kind of speaks volumes of that. And again, just kind of going back to Zach, you know, I, I'm I'm a massive fan, and and I think the one thing that makes him stick out for me is, you know, it feels like pro wrestlers in in the modern age like offense, and they like offense of moves, and the, and it's all about them peaking. Uh, offensively, whereas Zach, it doesn't feel that way, it feels like he's wrestling uh, in a way that is taking advantage of other people's mistakes, right? so a little bit defensively. And I really like that there was something original and fresh and fun and entertaining. When you watch one of his matches because it's not a pro wrestler going in there and hitting his moves with a Z, it's him saying, Okay, fuck face throw something at me and I can mm-hmm. counter it.
3: Um, yeah. So Zach is definitely a one of a kind type guy. So he went to the new Japan cup and then we moved to strong style evolved. Um, I think I was the only one of us who was there. Right. I don't think any, anybody else was in the building. Um, I mean, I kind of impulsively made the decision to come all the way out here for that, but um, I don't regret it at all. It's a pretty fun show. Um, you know, just being in the building, it was a very, um, you know, I had a very cool feel to it where you, the, the crowd was not like, like I was really expecting like a ring of honor East coast, like bullet club type crowd. And obviously the book club had a lot of fans there, but it wasn't really that like, I don't know, like shouting, um, you know, amateur comedy all night long or just like random being the elite references or Whatever the fuck they do at Randall Funner shows now, like you get at uh at the shows there. It was much more of like a like a hardcore New Japan fan crowd, I felt like. So, you know, the people were much more into everybody, you know, not just the bullet club people. Um they you know, there wasn't as much of like the comedy hour stuff. I mean, maybe I just got lucky with the section, but it was uh it was a more enjoyable crowd experience than I expected. And the venue looked cool. I mean, the pyramid like it kinda of reminded me almost like of, you know, because I've been in that building as well, like a mini sumo hall with like the two little entrances that like kinda of looked arched and then like, you know, the way the 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 different sides like rose up or whatever. But the show itself it was kinda eh, up until the end. I mean just a bunch of tag matches for the most part. But, you know, just L I J was very over, which is fun. Um, it would have been you know, if, if Mysterio was there as original as originally planned. To face Liger, that would have been so cool to see, but unfortunately, he got hurt in, I believe, in Northeast Wrestling, like two weeks before this. And then you get the double, but the double main event was actually pretty damn good, so can't really complain at all about making the trip. You know, I I, I actually was one of the people that really liked Jay White and Hangman hey Page. I thought they, you know, I saw some people say they didn't like this match, but I thought they really won over the crowd by the end. And uh, you know, the they, like in the live in the building, like people people were not into that match at all when it first started like neither guy was really over and you know by the end of it they really won them over so i thought that was impressive and obviously the main event was pretty you know it was a spectacle you know um you know maybe they did a little too much or maybe the um acting stuff was a little much but actually this is a match i liked better live than i did watching it back later because like when you're just watching it live, you can't like they're not zooming in on anybody, so you can't really see like all the uh acting I would say stuff from the the bucks and like Keddy and all that whereas you know when you watch it back on tape it kinda it kind of sticks out a little bit more, but yeah, live in the building, I thought this was really fantastic, and then watching it back on tape a little bit, I think it suffered a little bit but um, do you have any thoughts on strong Style evolved August uh, uh... The
4: main takeaway from watching Strong Style Evolve for me was just how bad JR was on commentary. (laughs) I don't want people to forget that because it was a long time ago. So I'd like to take this opportunity to remind everyone that him and Barnett were terrible. And when Jay White started throwing Hangman or whoever, who did
3: he fight in that show? Uh, Hangman and Jay White.
4: Yeah, when he started throwing them up against the barricade, no, no, no and knocking over the announcers, that was. That's
3: San Francisco. Is that the wrong show? Yeah, that's J- that's Jay White and Juice Robinson with Okay. Yeah. Well,
4: Jr. has been so bad this year. That <laughs> on that.
3: Um, Evan, you got anything to add about Strong Style Evolved?
1: Um, as a show, it was pretty good, but I felt that I guess it kind of became a recurring pattern with uh, American shows ever since. Well, for every show after uh, the two that were in 2017 was New Japan's willingness to not really give blockbuster matches on American shows, which is something that's kind of been an ongoing story. And it was a, it, it had great matches, of course, but, you know, I'm not sure I've been questioning how much they're willing to give up matches that they would normally save just for Japan on shows in America, how much they're willing to commit that way. And it's something that I'm still kind of thinking about as we have more American shows coming up in next year
3: yeah and they're very good the, the american shows next year are going to be very different too but business-wise obviously this was, this was a huge success it sold out almost immediately so uh which people did question which is it seems weird to say now i guess but like when they booked this building which is you know like a i believe like what 40 4, right or something like that
1: that's about right uh,
3: yeah when they booked this building like people really were not sure it was going to sell out at all and it sold out in like something like 10 minutes so that was impressive um damon do you have any thoughts on strong style evolved
0: yeah just that you know the, the crowd to me felt like and again i wasn't there live um and and the reports that i got back from people who were there live was the crowd was really just hyped for everything i mean yeah opening match second match third match and they were going strong throughout um it was a long night I remember going to bed very late <laughs> that night, uh, but the crowd just seemed to have uh, plenty of energy and, and, and responded well to everything. And, and and not to sound gatekeepery or not to sound uh, you know like the uh, high and mighty, but you know you worry about that sometimes. You know you don't want to come across as the ugly American crowd. Um, yeah. but I think they were represented pretty well there. But yeah, I kind of I, I I've I've always shared Evans' view there in the sense of. It, it doesn't feel like new Japan at least up to up to now was really willing to commit to um that big time new japan main event um, and again bucks uh, and 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 Kenny and koda felt like it was geared toward an American audience right but it just just doesn't feel like you're getting that it doesn't feel like you're getting and 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 this may sound shitty but it doesn't feel like you're getting an authentic New Japan Pro Wrestling event. You're getting, I don't want to say watered down, but a watered down event.
3: Yeah, the Elite presents New Japan Pro Wrestling almost. Um, but I wanted to add. So what 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 you said about the crowd? Just maybe remember this. If no, one, if people haven't seen this yet, there's a great clip on YouTube. If you just search for like Minoru Suzuki, Strong Style Evolved, interest of like the the Japanese announcers just being like blown away by the American crowd chanting. With the with Kaze Ninare. so definitely check that out if you haven't seen it. It's one of, it's a really funny clip. Just the announcers are not at all prepared for us to sing that part. So, um, Joel, do you have any thoughts about Strong Style evolved?
2: Yeah, a couple of quick ones. One, someone mentioned it in the chat about how oh uh, was. It was Damon mentioned how over Yama was with the crowd. Uh, second thing, here's where I started to turn the corner on Jay White because this was his first title defense I think and I was just starting to get the switchblade character which I think he was growing into. And third, I think we're bearing the lead here. Uh this show is what precipitated the death of the New Japan Puracast. David I don't know if you want to go into that a bit further but uh, a, a huge moment for me personally.
0: And, uh, yes, this is correct. Uh right this is, this was the, the the birth of the JK. So uh very good point. That is uh, well done by Joel, who, who of course, will remember that day for the rest of his life.
3: <laughs> um, all right. So that will take us into Sakura Genesis, which was um, I one of my least favorite big shows of the year, I think, just because I, I really did not care for the main event, which a lot of people liked a lot more than I did. But I just, I don't know, I never really thought Okada oh was going to lose here, and it just never like, the drama of the match never hit me. I really did not like the semi-main either uh, with Cody and Paige against the Golden Lovers. But, you know, the one thing that I guess kind of saves it for me is Osprey and Marty Scurll did go out there and have a really awesome junior title match. You know, almost, Will Osprey almost died having that junior title match, honestly. Um, but, yeah, just, and then there's really nothing below that either. But, I mean, one of the interesting things about the, as New Japan has split up these shows more and more is, like, the sumo hall shows that used to have like they used to be stacked like a Dominion or a Wrestle Kingdom now you know just they have a few big matches but you know the undercard is pretty much just a bunch of tags and stuff uh, which can kind of feel like you know you kind of makes I don't, you kind of feel like you want more I guess than two real like super cards but the way New Japan runs shows now is just not going to get anything like that unfortunately um, August what do you think about what do you think of Sakura Genesis
4: I liked it. It was fine. I liked the main event uh, for the most part. You're right that there was no way Okada was losing. But I think they built up to the match really well. Uh, having Taka with Zack was a stroke of genius. I don't know whose idea that was, but it was, it's was. it been great. Uh, I, was, I was more disappointed that we didn't get a uh, Zack and Taka versus Gato and Okada tag match.
3: Yeah, that would have been awesome.
4: Like, how how do you miss that? I don't know. Yeah, but uh, my my main complaint was like, there was no way Okada was losing here. Um, so you know, it, it was kind of like when he fight defends against evil or Sonata. They're they're good matches,
3: but there's no real drama to it. So, uh, Evan, do you have anything to add about Sakura Genesis?
1: Well, I guess that I liked the main event a lot more than you guys. I was really not rooting for Zach to win, although maybe I was, but I was rooting for Zach to get over because every challenger for Okada after he defeated Naito was fighting an uphill battle of like, well, Okada's probably the reason why he retained the title is so that he's going to get the defense record, which immediately makes every, every defense of his having less likelihood of ending in his loss. So... Every challenger is now fighting an uphill battle to get their stuff over and to get the crowds cha- uh, rooting for them during the match. And I think that Zach really pulled out a great performance despite what was working against him. Also, one more thing. people, I saw people talking about how Zach, after getting all that push in the New Japan Cup, just lose to Okada. He's no better off for it, and I can't disagree more.
3: Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> he's been super over ever since then. Like, really, I I know exactly the tweet you're talking about. And that I, at the time, I thought that take was crazy. And that take was honestly looks even even crazier in hindsight now. So yeah, I can't agree with you more there. Um, Joel, do you have any more thoughts on Sakura Genesis?
2: Yeah, just the Osprey against Marty Skull match was absolutely terrifying. Uh, of course, that big apron bump spot that everyone remembers where I thought Osprey had legitimately broken his neck. And also, it was our second of the super rare junior tag title three way matches with Suzuki-gun, uh, Lij, and Rapongi Three
3: <laughs> I like how you keep throwing that in there. It's like an like you know? audio, I like don't... an audio subtweet.
0: <laughs> These things never happen, really, guys. They're 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 very rare. You yeah.
3: Um, <laughs> what do you what do you think of Sakura Genesis, Damon? Um, you know,
0: I. I Look, I can't sit here and say that I was shocked that Zach did not win. But going into it, I mean, you know, he's, he's beaten big names. You know, he's, he, To get to that final, he's got to beat Tanahashi. He's got to beat Naito. He's got to beat Sonata. Uh, Ibushi. You know, so while, you know, the, the logic in, you know, on the side of your head is saying there's no way this, this is going to be a title change. I mean, you look at the names that he mowed through to get where he was. The again, the one thing that that I you take away from is it's 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 New Japan once again doing a a, a fantastic. When they want to make a star, they make a star, right? When they want to get somebody over, they'll get somebody over, and you're going to beat some top guys on the way to do that. So that I think the the lead up to the match was probably better than the the end result, and. Yeah, obviously Zach is as you know turned out pretty well. Let's put it that way since that time. So, uh, yeah, those people can get up the street.
3: <laughs> I mean, they they it's it's just it's funny to me whenever like you know I think we all know the the thing that we're probably referring to, which is you know a a WWE fan. Let's just say said the thing was pointless, and so because that would be pointless in in other companies. But the big part of it is that you just don't have like the fan base in Japan is just not fighting the company on everything they do the way the WWE main roster fan base is fighting the company on everything they do. So it's much easier to push somebody and have them, you know, get over and like stay over than it is in other companies, I think. I think
0: Yeah. And the one thing that I always like just looking back at that lineup of, of again the people that Zach had to go through in that tournament. You know, you have to have a locker room that Again, I'm I'm not saying that there wasn't, you know, some what? I gotta do what? I gotta what? I'm losing. What? I'm gonna be surprised if there's some of that. But you gotta have a locker room that at least is, you know, okay with the overall game plan. Um yeah. you know, it, and that's that's I th- I think that gets a little bit underrated in the fact that um again, I'm not saying that there wasn't an argument. I'm not saying that there wasn't a hey, let me talk you out of this decision, but <laughs> um, you know, it's pretty nice to see you know, big stars lying down to help people get over.
3: Um, so let's fast forward here through uh Hino kuni I don't I don't really think there's any need to mention this. Yes, Night Suzuki sucked everybody. No, I know everybody loved to to point that out forever, but yes, that match was not very good. Although I went I gave it three and a half stars, which is might be insane, but that's how much I liked it. So um wrestling don't talk you. This is the big, I guess the big, the big deal here. Night one, really. Uh, Does anybody really feel strongly about those two, Cody and and Mega Page matches? Because I, I just they weren't very good, and I don't really see anything interesting there to talk about. I think the big story is clearly night two with Okada Tanahashi. Um, Evan, you're like, you're like the big, I think maybe the biggest Okada fanboy on here. Um, what did it mean to you to see Okada get get the record, beat Tanahashi one more time?
1: What was that like? Well, I don't know. I thought it was a great match. I thought, you know, I could kind of see it coming. But I thought that, you know, actually, funny thing that you say that I like Tanahashi more than Okada. Hmm. So <laughs> it's funny you should ask me about this match through that framework. I was weird, I was actually at some points waiting for Tanahashi to win. See, he'd be we like, nope, my record's staying with me. But that's not how it happened. Great match anyway, though.
3: Um, I really like the ending of this match because you know the the previous Okada Tanahashi match, they have made such a big deal about you know Tanahashi not being able to break break that risk control. And here Tanahashi breaks the wrist control, and he has that like brief moment where it looks like he might actually do it. And Okada just grabs him by the waistband and pulls him back, and hits the Rainmaker, and wins, which I thought was such a great moment. Um, August wants to jump in here, so go ahead, August.
4: Well, just a cheap plug, real quick. Uh, actually, I wrote a column uh, about that. Like, if Tanahashi was going to win, he's going to have to to break the wrist control, and that's what like their whole match was going to be about and then yeah he breaks it and i'm like oh crap he did it and it just gets rainmakered out of his boots
3: and... <laughs> um any damon why don't you jump in here anything about any of what we just what i just sped over but
0: yeah. the you know the, the night two i think everybody was you know geared up for i think night one i don't want to say was a hand wave but uh you know
3: well, the live the, the live attendance sure said it was a halfway.
0: right? Uh, I mean, you, you look back in at night one, and you got Cody against Todorobushi, and that match actually was the longest match on the show. Um, night two, like everything everything was gearing toward whose last two matches, you know, Osprey against Kushida and Okada and Tanahashi, which went over thirty minutes. So, uh, y- you know, you you wanted. He wanted both sides. You know, there were there, the, the part of me was, yeah. Wouldn't it be awesome if Tanahashi was able to just give a big fuck you and, and, and no, you're not beating my record. But then again, you know, how great is it to, to bear witness to history and, and to watch those two perform again, Look, you're not going to get a bad match with those two. It's, it's impossible. But so to, to add the extra element of, okay, he's going for a record, uh, it wasn't in my top ten matches of the year, surprisingly, but uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was. Uh, it was up there with one of my favorite oh, Okada and Tanahashi matches. I, I think it's fair to say.
3: Now, I have seen some criticism in the in the vein of like, if you're going to end this, like if this is the, where the story was going, it, it sort of almost makes no sense that Tanahashi lost um, so decisively here with where it was going later in the year. Um, I guess Joel would be a good person to ask. Do you buy into any of that?
2: Yeah, I also wrote a column on this. I'd love the finish like the rest of you where uh, Tanahashi breaks the wrist control and you can see it on his face. He just gets that one moment of hubris where he thinks, yes, I've done it. I've finally beaten this guy. But it's too late. Just in that moment of ego, he's he's lost the match. And I remember after the match, the post-match uh, interview with Tanahashi, and he was on the floor. He was almost in tears um, saying that, oh, I'm going to come back. I'll be better than ever. And it was quite tragic. It was pathetic almost. And I wrote this whole column about the the deluded ace. And I thought genuinely that was it. For him as a main mm-hmm. inventor. I thought he was just going to slide down into the the next rung below, and I totally wasn't expecting him to have this huge resurgence. So, um, yeah,
3: I do want to say the 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 Japanese fans clearly took to this whole story because during this like during the build to this um, is when the one of the big like Japan Japanese smart like internet fan polls was going on, and like Tanashi ended up winning it. So, which he—I don't think he had done in quite a while. Like I think Naito had won the previous year. Um, I have to go back further, but yeah, it definitely had been more than you know a couple of years. So that was, um, you know, that was kind of surprising to me when I was like, oh well, there's something in this Tanahashi thing, and then they just kind of end up running with it later in the year anyway. John, um,
0: do you mind that you know it's—it's it's one of those things where once again it's we're going to bring you down to the bottom, right? Because because I, I don't think anybody on this panel really thought that Tanahashi would be where he is right now. Um, so again, it's, 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 we're going to lose in the most heartbreaking of ways. I lo- I've lost, not only do I not, you know, have a title, I, I, I lost my record and now redemption. So it, it kind of speaks to that. What we talked about earlier.
3: That's true. Um, I just, maybe I feel like the redemption thing with Tanahashi almost came a little too fast my only critique but you know i guess it, it, it you know he's up there in age he can't really <laughs> wait that long um but anyway let's transition into the best of super junior this was one of my highlights of the year i thought this was um one of the one of the best i mean all, the best of super Junior is pretty much always great but the b block here was just like outstanding when you look at all this talent in the b block with dragonly and show and desperado to Gucci, Kashida, Hiromu, I mean, even Chris saban was pretty decent. Marty was like the only like dud of the block, I thought, but that that block just killed it every single show. Um, some of my favorite matches of the year, like Desperado on Hiromu, just had a crazy brawl at Corken Hall. Um, you know, the Hiromu against Dragon Lee match in Osaka was awesome. Uh, that match kushida and Show had, where they just like. Decided to go out there and mat wrestle for 20 minutes. That was awesome, but just a you know an incredible BS best of the Super Junior that ends with um, one of my you know my favorite matches of the entire year in any company, the Hiromu and Taiji Saimori final. So Evan, you're the mil- militant uh, super, Junior advocate here. So we'll start
1: with you. What did you think of the best of the Super Junior 2018? It gave me a lot of hope, actually. Um, I'm glad you read my uh, my Twitter bio. That's what it says.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, I really feel like that maybe the stacking of the B block was intentional. In fact, sometimes I think that now, because with these tournaments, what are the odds that somebody's going to watch everything? Yeah. So,
3: Just us um, crazy people.
1: <laughs> so, maybe better off that you have one block that's substantially better than the other. And I didn't watch everything. Shame oh. on me. But... I watched a lot of it and I enjoyed a lot of it. I really enjoyed how, in terms of like a meta thing, how the matches on the house shows with the in the tournament were actually headlining, whereas yeah. opposed to like last year you had like, um, what was it, Team Kojima versus Lij,
2: yeah. over the
1: tournament matches. Which <laughs> so it was a great tournament. Um, great final match. Um. It was kind of sad for me that uh, it was uh, the finals back in Kerrigan Hall for logistical reasons, but the crowd was molten for it, so can't complain too much.
3: Yeah, it was uh, the normal venue they used. It was Yoyogi, which I believe was having some kind of construction, or I don't know if it was related to the Olympics, like Sumo Hall's. Like it was,
1: Christian. it okay. was
3: earthquake proofing. Yeah, so next year I assume we'll be back in Yoyogi, but there hasn't been an announcement yet. I'm hoping to catch the final next year. That's what I'm. I'm hoping I can go, if it's scheduled right, to go during that week where you can go to Yoyogi for that and then go to Dominion. But, um, all right, so August, do you have anything to add about the best to the Super Junior?
4: Um, it was really good. Uh, quick shout-out to El Desperado for
3: yeah, he was me away. Oh, he was awesome. And, and do you, I don't know how many of you guys watched the promos, but his promos were amazing, too.
4: He... You mentioned the match with Hiromu, and I liked his match with uh, Dragon Lee even more. Mm. Uh, I was just... I was stunned. I'd never seen Desperado have those matches like that before, and whenever they want to get behind him as a singles guy, I am all for it.
3: Yeah. I mean, if he loses the belts at the Dome and then turns around and has a junior singles run, I would be definitely down with that, because he he was amazing here. Um,
4: He could be like the... The junior guy for a Suzuki Gun. They don't really have yeah. a, a top junior anymore, and he could. There's no reason he can't be
0: that in that role.
3: Yeah, Damon, you got any thoughts on the best of the Super Junior?
0: One of the best ones, right? Um, I mean, I think you can easily put that in a top five. I mean, you'd have to go and really dig back, to find one that was better, maybe in you know '90s, right? Um, Every match, you know, every every main event match, anyway, felt like it delivered at least on a very good level. Um, I'm really trying to think of, of of stinkers, and I think of any that were really just like, oh, you know, you want to hit the fast forward button?
3: Yeah, but maybe like Yo and Kanemaru or something. There's a couple that like Kanemaru had a couple main events in a row. Where it was like eh, like Yo and Kanemaru and like Offspring Kanemaru. But other than that, that was about it.
0: Yeah, it, it was good. I mean. You, you can't go wrong with a final, you know, that, that, that people are talking about when it comes to match of the year, right? Yeah. You know, and, 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 and even if, truth be told, even if the rest of the tournament was like, oh, all right, that final match delivered in, in a big way, so, you know.
3: Yeah, and, you know, the, 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 when Hiromu was actually, like, crazy enough to take that Verana down the steps, I mean, you know, Obviously, what happened to him, uh, you know, a month and a half later was awful. But he just—he always just put himself out there, you know. Like just he was never was completely fearless, and I'm sure yeah. we're all hoping for a quick recovery because we want to, you know, maybe not see him do anything like that again. But see I mean, him—that
0: was his appeal, you know. It was yeah. that, you know, somebody had mentioned, you know, it—it it, it had just this dangerous element, right, that made it so interesting and so fun and so. Uh, you know, on the edge of your seat. So, and and it's really, you know, kind of, I say this a little bit tongue in cheek in the sense that, you know, the move that 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 cost him, well, hopefully not his career, but you know, at least months of it. You know it's somewhat relatively something that they've done before. You know, yeah. it, it wasn't a crazy flippy shit out on the floor. It was, you know, something that. You know, okay they've they've done this before right
3: yeah you know,
0: one of those freaky pro wrestling things that you know people get hurt on this on this on the you know just that that raises the moves and people get hurt on the simplest of moves. You know, somewhere in the middle there
3: yeah joel any thoughts on the best of the super junior joel no oh, maybe we lost joel Okay, so I guess moving on then to the Dominion show. I mean, this is a show that a lot of people actually put above Wrestle Kingdom um, this year, which was a little, you know, not not necessarily the case every year. I I did like this better than Wrestle Kingdom overall. I would pretty much agree with that consensus. Um, you know, I just like the I thought the last three matches, especially, just it had that feel of a Wrestle Kingdom last three matches where. You know, Hiromu Ospreay was just my favorite of the three, honestly. That was just fucking fantastic. And Hiromu finally gets his big junior title win, you know, or second one, but his first one in quite a while. Jericho Naito, even though, you know, the result was stunning, um, Jericho Naito was just a. I, I thought that match was awesome. I mean, I liked it a lot better than Jericho Omega, where like, where Jericho Omega felt like a very WWE style match this felt more like just this crazy, like almost like a lucha brawl and just completely different type of match. And I really, really liked it. And, you know, the main event, um, I'm sure other people liked it more than I did, but I still liked it quite a lot. So, um, you know, I'm not going to sit on here and rain on anybody's parade with that because I'm sure most people listening to this have that as their match of the year. And I don't i don't have it f- far off. I had it as a, you know, I don't, I don't think Keddy got like, Silly here in in ways that he did in some of his other matches. So I I did enjoy it quite a bit. Um, I guess i will start with you this time, Damon. What do you think of Dominion?
0: it Was my show of the year. You um, know, in our fan poll, traditionally Wrestle Kingdom usually walks away the winner of, of event of the year, and this year was Dominion. Um, I, I thought you know Takahashi and, and Will was incredible. Twenty minutes. Uh, I thought Jericho and Naito was uh like you said, it definitely had a different feel. It could have very easily been a WWE plotting bra type match, and it wasn't. Uh, and then you got Omega and Okada, who to me put on one of the, the best matches i've I've seen um and it and it really was about the pace of it. you know when someone if you're if you're telling me, if you're telling Damon of five, ten years ago. That, you know you're going to watch a pro wrestling match for an hour and ten minutes, and you're going to uh, it's a two out of three fall match. Trust me, I'm I'm checking my phone, I'm doing everything until that third fall, and that was not the case here. So uh, the pace of it, the the execution of it, it's one of my favorite matches of all time. So uh, I won't I won't spill the beans, I won't, won't show you my cards yet, but uh, I think it's a safe bet when we talk about match of the year that it's, it's going to be high up on my list.
3: August, what do you think of Dominion? Oh, I will
4: spoil my card right now. This is my match of the year. It's well, it might be my favorite match of all time, frankly. Uh, I rewatched it today just cuz I had not rewatched it since it first aired and it I I it just it's pretty much a, a perfect match as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I love that it Use the two out of three falls stipulation better than any other two out of three falls match that I've seen. Like, it had three separate matches. And each of the three separate matches were great. And then you combine them into this overarching match. And it's just... The, I, I was stunned after watching it the first time. I had to, like, take a break Take a day to kind of collect my thoughts to see, like, just what I was thinking of this match because it just blew me away.
3: Um, Evan, do you have anything to add about Dominion slash the main event? I guess
1: it was a spectacle to be sure. I, I, it's funny with me with that match, I enjoy myself a lot watching it, and I definitely recall that much, but I remember very little from the actual match in terms of like describing things that happened and yet i i i wouldn't consider it a main uh a match of the year contender for me but i enjoyed it a lot and so did a lot of other people clearly it's jericho versus nida was pretty cool and different takahashi versus osprey was as wild as one would expect great show overall
3: it's a it's a weird one for me because i actually it's a, usually it matches like either get better on rewatch or really hold up for me i don't know if it's because of the length but i liked it a lot better live than i did um watching it on like when i watched it back later so i not i actually don't think i watched it a lot the first time i saw it unspoiled i liked it better than watching it back later so like watching it back later knocked it down a little bit for me but mm-hmm. uh joel joel you were in the building so If you're back now, why don't you add some... What I know you have a lot of thoughts about Kenny winning here and then how the rain went later.
2: Yeah, at the time, this was like one of the greatest days of my life. It was an incredible show. The atmosphere inside of Sakajou Hall is amazing. And I was sat with with all the other forum fans because I guess we'd all got our tickets from the same places. So uh, a lot of Westerners, a lot of Chinese people there. And... It was difficult for me to tell if it was just our little pocket that was really pro-Kenny or the whole arena was. It kind of felt like a, a sizable majority of people in there were chanting for Kenny. So at the end of it, it was just this great feel-good moment. And the match itself, I thought it was really cleverly laid out the way that the first pinfall was like a kind of flash pin from Okada. And then we got the one-wing danger on the second fall. So that made everyone think, oh, well, we've used the one-wing danger now. So maybe Kenny's not going to win. That's Surely not going to have him using the one-wing danger twice and it was a, a nice little sort of bait and switch there because a um, bit of misdirection, yeah. So uh, it was just a, a terrific match. Again, I wasn't at all. I was with it the whole way. And the memory of it has been you know, somewhat tainted in retrospect, given all the shit that's happened in the rest of the year. But at the time, it was fantastic. I had just an unbelievably good time there. And it's probably going to live in memory. I, I mean, I'll say later whether it was in my top five matches, but uh I just I don't think I'm ever gonna forget that day.
3: August you wanted to jump in here. Go ahead.
4: Yeah, just uh if you haven't watched it with English commentary on New Japan World, I highly recommend it. Uh Don Callis is in the sort of Kenny cheerleader role. And normally <laughs> that's really annoying. But in this match he is he does such a great job that I I really think it uh it enhances the match quite a bit. Uh, There's a, there's a moment at the end where Kenny goes for a V trigger and Okada interrupts him with a drop kick and he just growls. God damn it.
3: Yeah, That was like a playoff of the previous year too, because he had yelled when Kenny, when Okada hit him with the drop kick, he just screamed that goddamn drop kick. Yeah, which is great. He's, Uh,
4: he's so good in, in this match. Like it's like everyone talks about, you know, Bobby Heen in a 92 Rumble rooting for Flair. And I feel like this is close to that. Like he's, he's just really good there. So if you haven't listened to it, uh, I, I really recommend doing so.
3: Didn't he like turn on him at a California Canadian indie? Did, that ha- I, did I dream there? Or did that, ha- yeah, sure that, that, that happen? Happened. Yeah,
0: that, that actually happened. And yeah. while there was a tour going on in new Japan, he's you know celebrating his birthday. And, uh, yeah, Don, uh, apparently turned on, there's, there's, uh, You know, cell phone footage online where you could find it. Was that recently? Yeah, it was uh, a couple months ago, maybe. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Well, and then uh, one last thing about Dominion is how great is New Japan Chris Jericho? Like, he is one of my favorite guys in there. He only shows up two or three times a year at the moment, but he's just this wild brawler. He has reinvented himself again. Uh, Jericho is one of my all-time favorites and to see him have these crazy brawls with, you know, Naito and Omega. It's just, it's so much fun to watch.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's a whole lot better than what he was doing in the fed at the end. Uh, Damon, you want to jump in here? Go ahead. At one point,
0: and again, we talked about it. It's funny that we're talking about New Japan today here. And again, having the conversation that we had with Kevin Kelly, you know, I had brought up to him that Jericho feels to me like like a Terry Funk, right? And he has that kind of middle aged and crazy thing going on, like a, like a Terry Funk say in nineteen eighty nine or nineteen ninety, right? Um, and that's that's what I feel for, from from Jericho. Um, again, I'm I'm not the biggest Jericho guy in the world, but uh, I you absolutely can't deny the fact that when you know when he does show up, uh, it's it's uh, You know, he gives 112%. 110%, 112%. Um, And again, it just feels like he's just this unhitted character. And it just reminds me so much of Terry Funk.
3: Yeah, it feels like you'd never know what the fuck he's going to do, which is good. I mean, you want... I think you really want a presence like that on your wrestling promotion, honestly. Maybe um
0: happens, John, when 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 you give somebody creative freedom, isn't it? <laughs>
3: it's pretty funny, yeah, I know. Um skipping past I'm skipping right fucking past this when worlds collide thing, because the thing was a disaster and Kenny should hire some cameramen next time. Um G one special in San Francisco. I, I really hated that show outside of one match. Um, you know, Juice and Jay White I thought was really awesome actually like one of a uh, really underrated match of the year if, if people skip this show definitely go back and watch that u.s title match it was you know really good like that to me was like Juice's coming out party kind of and jay white like kind of solidifying that he could have these really cool little matches um and hiromu and dragon lee was good but then hiromu was like you know gets this terrible injury so i can't even really like who wants to go back and watch that now you know um, the main event I absolutely hated, but I've, I've ranted and raved about that match so many times by now already that it's not even worth getting into. But I don't know. Does anyone feel strongly about the G1 special? Or can we move to um, the actual G1? No? Nobody want to jump in for San Francisco?
4: Like I said earlier, I'm just glad that uh, JR and Barnett got beat up a little bit. <laughs> really,
3: really bad. So the G1 itself... um it was a, the opening show was weird in that you know you're you're so used to the blowaway show, but because the B block you know we just talked about the B with the best Super Junior again they stacked the B block so much heavily over the A block like the real like traditional opening night of the blowaway G one was actually night two where that that show was awesome I mean you know Ishi and Yano had a fun little match you know Tama and Juice did suck but that was the only one like, Goto and Sonata was great Ibushi and Zack is like one of my most underrated matches of the year, I think. It's a fucking fantastic match. And then Omega and Naito, you know, went out there for the third straight year in the G1 and just completely killed it. I mean, I, I honestly and truly, like, believe Omega's best opponent is Naito and not Okada. I mean, I will go to my grave thinking that, even if I'm alone on that. But I, I love these G1 matches they have every year. Um, you know, just the the chemistry they have together, to me, is incredible. But the actual opening night, the... You know, it just kinda had a the J White Okada match people were not really that into. And then like, you know, just really wasn't a lot else on the show. Um, but overall, I mean, again, a very a very good G one. I, I would still I would me personally, I would put it as one of the lower rated G1s in the I guess Okada era. I, I was trying to think back and think if there's any one they liked less, just because the B block was outstanding, but the A block was just not very good at all. So, I mean, there was a couple... There were a couple matches that ended up being pretty decent, but, like, a lot of those A-block shows ended up being slogs, and, you know, the one or two times the B-block shows didn't blow you away, it just really felt like, well... You know, like, towards the end, it got, like, um, kind of a slog to get through. But, you know, it's still just the G1 had such a high level that, like, with... You know, the the, the level has built been built up over the years. Saying this is the worst one in a while doesn't mean it was bad. It was still you know, the B block was still awesome and still had two five star matches, I think, on the on the same show, as we'll get into later in the match of the year picks. But yeah, very general overview of the G one. Evan, I guess you can start on this. What do you think of the G one?
1: Some would call the twenty eighth running of the G one climax the shortest of giants. In that <laughs> you know Saying that it was weaker than the ones past it, you know, how much does that really mean? I mean, I guess you could say, like, actually, this G1 kind of broke my streak. Various life things got in the way, and I wasn't able to watch every single show live like I did for the two years prior. But there was a lot to enjoy. The A Block was kind of marred by interference from the Bullet Club angle, which was, you know, pretty prominent at the point, which was unfortunate. But even then, there were matches to be enjoyed in the A block, just not as many. And, you know, it was a good time. I think people were kind of upset when the lineup came out because only two new guys coming in. People come to expect more from that at this point. So,
3: Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the thing I, that stands out to me the most about the B block is just, I you know, after the... Tetsuya Naito going into this had just a very down year at this point. He just really hadn't had that many opportunities. And this, I thought he totally killed it in the G1 and had maybe his best personal G1. I had to go back and really think about it, but definitely up there. And, you know, I thought he really killed it the entire time. Uh, August, you want to jump in with some general G1 thoughts? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I had
4: 19 matches that I rated four and a quarter or better. Um, I'm not sure how that compares to previous years, but that's a lot of great wrestling, no matter what. Um, the B Block, we're, we're, the B Block shows were not just more enjoyable because the the block matches were better, but you had Jay White on the undercard. If you weren't watching any of these undercards, Jay White and this and his uh, tag with Yo were were just hilarious where he's just abusing Yo so much, uh, trying to get him to do things the Switchblade way or whatever, and you know, it, and Yo would get the shit kicked out of him every time. And uh, it was just... It was really uh, fun to watch that. And most of these undercards, you know, there's no reason to watch any of them. But uh, the J.Y. Yo tag team was uh, really fun to watch, I thought. And... Sort of a last general point. Uh Give a, a shout out to Toru Yano, who opened the tournament <laughs> with like three straight four star matches.
3: Yeah, Toru Yano was awesome in this tournament. I want to throw that. I do want to point that out. He was great. I don't. I mean, he, he, he like hit this whole gimmick where he was doing like serious Yano, where like he wasn't gonna cheat, which did not last long. But was it was awesome.
4: Yeah. He kept like being really conflicted about cheating, and he had that. uh that rebound belly to belly suplex, which was just really cool. Like where the hell did that come from?
3: Yeah. He was great.
4: Uh, it was, it was great. I, I loved him. And, and then he, uh, you know, went full Yano the rest of the <laughs> tournament, but he still had really good matches with, uh, with Omega and, uh, Sonata. If you like that kind of thing.
0: And yeah, I like the,
3: the Nitro one too. I liked a lot. Uh, Damon, what do you think about the G1?
0: I loved, I loved it. Um, the challenge is and, and again maybe hindsight is twenty twenty, but it felt, you know, kinda just in the review, there really wasn't anything that I felt was in the middle, right? You either had great or you just had stuff that you're just like, Oh Jesus Christ, they're doing this again.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and and I think that's what pulled people somewhat it, you know, and because it was so polar opposite and it just everything either hit you in the face or hit you in the balls, right? Um, it, it's, it, and, 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 you know, when you, when that, when that happens, yeah, you, people tend to kind of gravitate and, and remember maybe some of the stuff that was a little bit more negative, but some positives, right? For me, anyway, Koto Ibushi's G1 was, was off the charts, right? It matches Sonata, Ishii, Naito, uh, the finals with Tana. Zach, so many great matches, right? Um,
3: I know you didn't mention one there, which uh, good. I'm glad you didn't because I want to bring that up in a second. But keep going.
0: Yeah, I mean, just for me, <laughs> his his performance was unbelievable. You know, m- maybe one of the best G1 performances of anyone any at, at any time. Uh, and then you had your usual suspects all performing at a high level: Tana, uh, Omega, uh, even a Godo throwing a, a a couple bangers you know in, in a tournament but then again you know you look at the other side of it and it was extreme the other way with the bullet club nonsense right and and everybody hoping that Tamatanga would take in the next step and 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 make a leap and and hopefully we would get you know for years people were just put Tamatanga in the G1 he deserved, you know, okay he's, he's had plenty of opportunities and and this time it just was like ugh and it. you know it just made you question existing
3: <laughs> is that yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> the, the folly fucking matches for awful it's
0: fair. i mean and again not not they weren't like eh, you threw it. they were fucking awful yeah. uh, and, and again you do unfortunately have this level that what you know even for a folly match you're kind of like okay you, this is g1 you got to put on the your working shoes and you know one time a year step you are getting a tap on the shoulder just wasn't fucking happening and again it was you know the way they were booked mind you but it was infuriating at points but again the positives were you had some outstanding matches that just about made everyone's matches of the year uh you know top three top five at least
3: now i want to say too with folly i don't even think it's just the way he's booked i think he's been a fucking load all year but like i don't know if it's just getting older and slower but it's just i think he's been pretty terrible Been um Evan, you wanted to jump in here, so go ahead.
1: You know, I was actually kind of surprised by Fale's poor performance. After um, seeing like pictures of saying that he's lost like 50 pounds, I expected a more energetic Fale, but apparently not.
0: Yeah. Well, let me tell you something, Evan. I lost 40 pounds, and I'm going to bed right after this. I...
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so,
3: Joe, you haven't really gotten a chance to talk, so why don't you jump in here with the G1? What do you think of it?
2: Yeah, it was excellent. And certain matches are going to stick in my mind. One being the Ibushi against Ishii match, which was just pure violence. I love that one. And also, let's talk about Night 14, where we opened up with uh, Tamatomu against Goto, which was a bit shit. Then we had a really good comedy match between Sanada and Yano, who I've said before, they got really good comic chemistry together. That's where we had uh, Sonata putting uh, Rocky Romero in the Paradise Lock and then putting his headset back on him. Then we had Zack Saber Jr. and Juice Robinson having a, a brilliant match, and Zack Saber Jr. doing the cremation lily finisher, which we'd never seen before. Then uh, semi-main was uh, Kenny Omega and Ishii having a five star classic, and then the main event, uh, Tetsuya Naito and Kota Ibushi just destroying each other. So that is a real uh, show of the year contender right there.
3: That was the one I was talking about that had two five star matches for me because I, you know, I, obviously I did not enjoy Kenny's uh, G1 as much as a lot of people where. You know, I thought some of the matches people praised earlier, like the the saver match and the juice match, especially like, and the Sonata match too, where he was like throwing those knees over and over again. Sonata would sign them like he was taking knife-edge chops. But here, like everything clicked and they, you know, Ishii is, you know, usually his perfect opponent. And they really just like put on, I think, the very best of their entire series here. And it's just an amazing match. And Osaka was going nuts. Um, totally fantastic five-star match. And then I thought Ibushi and Naito actually went out there and topped it, which um, I know is a minority opinion, but I really, really loved that match too. And I thought they had to, they had to go out there and have a completely different type of match because the crowd, you know, was already on such an emotional. They had gone through such a roller coaster with Ishi and Omega that, like, if Naito and Ibushi just come out there and started doing spots immediately, I think it wouldn't have really worked. But I thought they still the way they built the crowd back up and then. Managed to get them into it on the same level again was just really impressive, but yeah, I mean, like two back to back amazing, outstanding matches. Um, so the big thing I think the elephant room none of us have talked about yet is the Omega Ibushi match um, on the semifinal night at Budokan, which did amazing business. You know, it is worth noting that that's you know sold out the Budokan. Um, I think most I don't, most people would probably classify that as a. As a disappointment, I don't know if anyone would disagree with that opinion, but I feel like even people who are much higher on Omega than than I am this year seem like it wasn't really like the five-star match of the year type match they were expecting. It just felt like they were holding a lot back. Um, I don't know. August, do you disagree with that at all?
4: No, I was disappointed in it. Um, quick thing, real quick, before we... Uh... Go into the specific match. Uh, The A block, we're all blaming Bullet Club shenanigans, but don't forget, like Okada, kind of sucked too. Yeah, like he's he's got a remix theme song. He's unleashing balloons and goofing around, and that like when you had Okada with kind of sucking, like intentionally, but doing so, and then Jay White matches where he's full of interference or shenanigans. Yeah. And then interference in the bullet club match, like that's three out of five matches maybe where they're just you can write them off immediately. Um, but no the the Omega Ibushi match was just I don't know. I, it didn't do much for me, frankly. It was disappointed.
1: Yeah. What do you think, Evan? Do you have a different opinion on that? I think if any other two other if any other two wrestlers had that match, people wouldn't be saying that it was a disappointment. I think it was because of them and because they hadn't wrestled in so long that, you know, I actually thought it was a pretty great match. But, you know, people expect, you know, some otherworldly thing because it's the two of them, and they didn't get that, and that's, I guess, unfortunate. What do you think, Joel? Uh, We
3: lost Joel again. Okay. Damon, what do you think?
0: I'll I'll take over for Joel. (laughs) Um, You know... I'm kind of split. You know, I, I feel the same way as Evan in the sense that if it were any other two people in that ring, I, I think it would be praised more. I think, uh, on the other hand, there, the expectations going in were so high and maybe unfairly high, to be truthful, um, that uh, I don't know if they, if they could possibly deliver. Um, just off, off of the expectations that, that people had going in. So it kind of sits somewhere in the middle on that. And, and, and um, it's not a match that uh, you know, stuck with me. It's not in my top three. It's not in my top five. Um, and truth be told, it w- really wasn't a match that was discussed a lot when it came to match of the year, uh, at least in Super Jcast polls. Um, with that being said, I still think it was a really great match uh but but yeah i i just think that for for, for if, again maybe it's because you know we were waiting so long for it and we were hoping it was going to be this climatic thing and 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 would lead to something else i think is really one of the more important things it was you know the ending was a hug and an embrace and a good job and that was that but uh, and again, New Japan does a good job of, of, of laying breadcrumbs. But as of right now, you just don't see that payoff as of yet. And maybe we will in the next couple of weeks, maybe a couple of days, maybe a couple of months. But uh, it just felt like, mm, okay, that was a match. It was good. And now we wake up tomorrow and see more.
3: All right, Joe, what do you think about the Omega Ibushi?
2: I think they were dragged into having this match kicking and screaming. I think they really didn't want to do it. And I don't think you could necessarily tell by watching the match, but I agree with everyone else who said that they were holding back. They clearly uh, envisaged having this match on a bigger stage, and I think they still will. I think there's a fairly good chance that this is our main event at the MSG show. So, um, yeah, I just think they were saving stuff for later.
3: Um, amazingly, that that was like... There was a lot of rumors flying around that was going to be the main event of Strong Style Evolved, which sounds crazy now that they were going to do a 5,000 seat building with Omega Ibushi. But I mean, I definitely heard that rumor for a while. Um, but yeah, so that's the G1. I guess we can quickly say the final everybody loved, and I I, I really can't disagree honestly. Tanahashi Ibushi. I don't know, anyone here not love Tanahashi Ibushi. Is that I think that's pretty universal, right? No one's I raising their hand. Stars on. Yeah, so no one's raising their hand on that. I think everybody kind of knows that that match was outstanding. Um, but yeah, that was the G1. A good G1, not the best G1, I think it's pretty much the consensus, but, you know, it's a high standard. Um, so for the rest of the year, especially since it's more recent, we can be a little more, um, give a general overview, I think, than go show by show, So we'll get a little long on time here. Um, the Destruction Tour not not nearly as bad as last year's destruction tour. is my main takeaway from it um especially since it had a really awesome match at the end with uh tanahashi and okada and the number one contendership this is actually my favorite match that they had this year i i thought of the three um and then you know the rest of the tour you know i i liked naito and suzuki a lot more this time which some people did some people didn't so you know whichever side you fall on there um You know, there was Omega and Ishii. I did not like that match at all, honestly. But, you know, some people I know like that one, but I just thought it was way below the G1 match. Um, What do you think about the Destruction Tour? I guess we'll start with you for once, Joel. What was the Destruction Tour like for you?
2: Uh, It was just a bit forgettable, and it usually is. I think. It suffers from that post-G1 lull where everyone's coming down off the high of the G1 and the G1 finals and nothing A destruction is ever going to live up to that. But yeah, I expected bigger things from Omega against Ishii and their G1 match was shorter, it was tighter and it was better. This one, it kind of veered into uh, Kenny over extravagance in the way the match was laid out. So uh, that's my main takeaway from destruction. And uh, of course, Taichi. We, uh, we had Tai Chi. Mm-hmm. Was this where he won the never open way title? Yep, this is where
3: he won the never title. So, no.
2: yeah, that's a, a, a momentous occasion for us <laughs> Tai Chi fans. Um, a long time coming. Uh, match wasn't the best, uh, but uh, even so, a big moment for Heavy Tea. Big moment for Miho.
3: You see how, how happy she was? I mean, um, Damon, what did you think of the Destruction Tour this year?
0: Uh, you know what? I, I hate the fact. And and I know why they do it. It's not no surprise that you know if you're able to fill three, three buildings as opposed to one, why not? I hate the fact that they split these shows up into three and to make three okay shows when really you could do just one. Um, the things that you know, looking back on these shows, you know, you look at the first one in in, in uh, Hiroshima. Uh, I remember Fale squashing Hanare. <laughs> Poor <laughs> Hanara finally gets a singles match on a on a halfway decent big show and he just gets toasted under five under three minutes, if I'm not mistaken. Um yeah, I do remember the uh Omega and Ishii match falling a little bit short, right? Um
3: I have it a lot short actually, but um,
0: <laughs> and, and, and and Tai Chi uh winning in night two, and it was Naito and Suzuki again. And then Kobe was uh, Yeah, a strong main event with Tanahashi and Okada. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, it was Bushi
3: and Kushida. I could be wrong. Yeah, that wasn't really like super great or anything.
0: So, you know, it was, again, I think my biggest complaint when, if, if I, you know, think back of doing the show, well, doing our show and reviewing these shows was, you know, I just wish they could, they could. Find a way to put this into one show because it feels like overkill on three shows. From a pure wrestling perspective, you know, uh, I again, I understand the money. I can understand you can fill the building to do it, but just from a pure standpoint of, I got to sit through ninety-eight percent nonsense to get to just a couple decent things. Which seemed like, oh, it seemed like I had a better chance of uh, doing something more fun over the weekend than watching.
1: Uh, Evan, what do you think about Destruction? Well, you think you realize that um, it's although it's technically three shows, it's more like five because they also had, you know, um, Fighting Spirit Unleashed and King of Pro Wrestling within a couple of weeks, and so they were kind of splitting title matches with those shows too, which was a bit much. Um, Destruction. I was actually I was the high man on uh, Omega Ishii. I thought it was pretty great, especially the ending. They got they got the crowd pretty riled up, and I was surprised by that. Um, Okada versus Tanahashi was maybe one of my top three matches of the year, so amazing, you know.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it, when what I think of like the last few destruction years. I can't think of anything close to the Okada Tanahashi match, so I'm with you. Um, uh, August, any thoughts on destruction?
4: Um, uh, most of what you guys have said, the Tanahashi and Okada is the only match worth watching from the whole thing. And I haven't seen like every Tanahashi Okada match like before I started watching New Japan, uh, but this was maybe my favorite of their their series. Like I I really like this I match. It's definitely my favorite this year. I can
3: never remember if I like the Invasion Attack one better or the King Pro Wrestling one better. But see, either see way, those,
4: see I started started at like Wrestle Kingdom nine. Yeah, and so I didn't watch some of those earlier ones, and I like, just haven't gone back to watch them. So. Uh, but yeah, and also, man, it was really disappointing with Ishii and Omega. Like, I just kept watching, waiting for the match to, waiting for something fun to happen, and it it didn't really till the very final like five minutes or so. So I, I, I was pretty bummed at that match.
3: And it was to me, it was the, it was the start of Omega's fall, which just did not go well at all as far as like the title reign. Um. You know, not from a business standpoint because everything still drew really well, so that you have to, you do have to point that out. But like, I don't know, just between him not being around much and then when he was around, and I wasn't into this, and I definitely wasn't into the King of Pro Wrestling main event either. It just it just felt like a very lackluster title reign to me. But you know, I'm sure a lot of people disagree, and clearly, as you can see in the Super J Cast awards, people still loved it. So, Um Fighting Spirit Unleashed. I don't know if we have to talk about this really. It was a it was a show. <laughs> it was a pretty good show, I guess, but like, it just, there's nothing. I'm looking at the results now. Not, like, none of this stands out in my mind. I don't know. Does anyone really feel strongly about Fighting Spirit at least?
0: Yeah, they killed Long Beach is what they did.
3: <laughs> <laughs> they came back way too fast. It's true. And like, three. Th- well, they do like 3,000, I think.
0: Um, You know what? It was.
3: That's correct. Was it? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So. I mean, look. I, I, again, I, I always kind of think back or what do we talk about on the show, and I think Joel can can speak to this. Is is we talked about that no that we didn't talk about it, and and it was just such a, uh, you know, you didn't know a show, you didn't know a lot, you knew some people that were going to be there, you didn't know. A, uh, it was just
3: like, what, what are they doing? I mean, you set people up for the easy jokes when like you have the only matches announced for weeks and weeks for like all white people, and <laughs> like
0: I mean. Uh, that's that's the truth though and and you know i i know people who went and enjoyed it and enjoyed the show but um yeah i just remember the lead up to this kind of being like wow they, they, they're coming back again and it seemed very quick and
3: i mean this is even where i think it's where even more okada commented on it right was around this show or yep. he said like i don't think we're giving them the american fans real new japan or something but um after that was King of Pro Wrestling, which I, I have to admit, I was stunned that the show. <laughs> like sold out with that the three way main event announced at the last minute. Um, it didn't sell out, or well, not sold out. It, it did really well though, right? Like 9,500 9, or something. Ninety one hundred was about one thousand, sort of a sellout. Okay, so it was down from Sakura Genesis. Yes. Okay, so maybe that's less surprising. What I what I've heard, and people are going to think I'm because of who I am, and I'm being a homer. But I'm going to throw this theory out there because I've been told it by several people in Japan that they they swear to God that this is the reason why a lot of people bought their ticket at the last second. That LIJX thing was a really big deal and sold a lot of last-minute tickets. So like the LIJ fans really turned out to see who the mystery partner was going to be. So I'm sure there are plenty of Kenny fans in the building too for the Kenny's match, but I just want to throw that out there. Is there. Like, I've had people in Japan insist to me that was like a a last minute ticket mover. Um and if you look at like the YouTube hits, I think for the, the X video, like the the hits were like through the roof, which would I guess support that. But yeah, King of Pro Wrestling, um I don't know. I really like Kanahashi and Jay White. That was a I, I thought a really fun match. You know, just there's not a lot on this show otherwise. I mean Kushida and Squirrel was fine. Um it just wasn't really that great to me. Um and then you just really you know a lot of tags and stuff in the undercard and the main event i just thought was just 34 minutes of my life i'll never get back i just really did not enjoy it at all and the the thing i took away from the show that from that main event that just stunned me was how like dead the crowd was for long stretches of it like they just didn't know what to make of it um which i don't know if that's really anyone's fault or just like a new japan crowd not knowing you know what like this type of match was supposed to be in a main event at sumo hall. And, you know, to a degree, they kind of played it in the storyline with Tanahashi coming out and like, you know, telling Kenny, you can't just do what you want here. This is new Japan, which I thought was a really cool moment, but we had to sit through this match to get that moment. So um, I don't know, Evan, do you feel different about this than I, than I do? What do you think about King of Front Wrestling?
1: Oh, I actually can't disagree with you too much. The match was kind of strange in that there were flashes of goodness Mostly when Cody was not involved, but overall it didn't really get to that point, and the crowd wasn't really feeling it that much to begin with, so the show wasn't all that spectacular. Probably the, it was definitely to me the weaker of the two Sumo Hall shows this year, and one of the weaker ones that I've seen in a couple of years, I would imagine. Yeah,
3: um, August. What would you think of King of Pro Wrestling?
4: So I liked the main event my notebook says i like the main event i gave it four and a quarter i don't remember anything about what happened in it though <laughs> so it Never obviously concerned. it obviously didn't stick with me though what i do remember from this show is uh jay white versus tanahashi i love this match uh, i thought it was it was easily the best jay white match uh in his in this uh run since he's come back at the switchblade felt like he spent the G1 kind of perfecting his character and perfecting how to do his character in the ring without sacrificing match quality and that this was the the accumulation of that and it has me really excited for him in 2019. You know, it helps that he was in there with you know Tanahashi, but I I thought this match
0: was great.
3: Uh, Damon, what do you think of Kick-Up Pro Wrestling?
0: Well, you know it's funny. that you, you talked a little bit about um you know the ticket sales and, and the, the match being announced. I think somebody we we tweeted something or Joel tweeted something because I don't tweet shit. But um, it, it's something got back to us and and I got just enraged and I was like, "Fuck this! I'm finding out something." So somebody had mentioned that it was you know well, it was Kenny and 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 the you know after they announced that match ticket sales went through the roof and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, come on. So I texted somebody, uh, that works in Japan. And so I'll read you the text. Hey, (laughs) uh, it's Damon. Sorry to bother. Uh, don't know if you have an answer to this or not, but we had to ask after the three way match was announced in Long Beach. We are hearing that 2,500 to 3,000 tickets were bought for KOPW. Is that true? Person got back to me. Uh, I don't know, but I doubt it. Only mm. a ticket's difference between this year and last. Um, How 100, many? A hundred, he said. When mm. it came to walk up. Oh right. Um, so you know, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know where that narrative came from, and I hate that word, but I'm going to use it anyway. Uh, I don't know where that came from. So um, I don't know. I, I listen. I doubt it was the the that match announcement bringing in that many people for sure um maybe it was the x and losing. i don't know but it didn't seem like uh to me and to that person that tickets were moving briskly because of the announcement of uh the match i
3: mean i felt like i the x theory i wanted to share but i know some people are not going to take it seriously because I'm very pro-Naito, as far as my bias goes. But that's what people in Japan told me. So I shared it. I shared it along. I got that from two different people.
0: Yeah, I um, mean, I don't doubt that, that, that... Let's put it this way. The only reason I tuned in for that show was to see Shingo. Right? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, I think the buzz on Twitter was all about that mystery partner going in. Yes. I mean, and the Western Twitter fan buzz does not always match up with the Japan buzz, but sometimes it does. So I, I, listen, the feedback
0: we got, was, it was that... That was all about that moment, you know, and, wow. and again, it, it I don't know necessarily it gets played back in the video montage of 2018, but at least for that show.
3: It actually people- did, by the way. It did oh. get played back
0: in the montage. There you go. Okay. <laughs> but uh, with that being said, I think a lot of people were focused on that as opposed to the main event.
3: Yeah, and I'm talking about the, for people who aren't clear, the one bef- they play before the last two shows. The Road to Tokyo Dome, they do that every year, the best of the year. It did the Shingo Reveal made that uh made that montage. Joel, what do you think about King of Pro Wrestling?
2: I think everyone's covered the main points. I'm also on the uh Shingo Sold the Tickets uh, bandwagon. But uh we haven't touched upon what happened after the Tanahashi Jay White match where we finally got the the big angle. Oh with yeah, that's true. Jay White turning on Okada if I'm not mistaken and then reforming the new look Bullet Club which I think is worth commenting on because it's not an angle that really had a big payoff in in terms of a match like we had uh the elite basically conceding the rights to the Bullet <laughs> Club so name via Twitter while they were on a boat <laughs> which uh, is a, a a massive L because this is something uh, you know I keep saying it just ha- have something, throw something on one of these cards. Have a, you know, a five-on-five elimination tag match or something with the elite guys against the Bullet Club and whoever wins gets to keep the, the rights of the Bullet Club thing. Don't just have one guy's group saying, uh, okay, we're not Bullet Club anymore. This is our last Bullet Club shirt, blah, 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 because that it sucks. And it was something with just absolutely no payoff and it was bad and they should feel bad.
3: I want, I'm i glad you brought this up though, because I <laughs> want to bring up, um <laughs> Dave is like very amused. I want to bring this up. Because I'm not afraid to come on here and admit what I'm wrong. At the time I hated this angle. I thought the payoff for the Jay White and Gato heel turn joining the new Bullet Club being with or Bullet Club OGs, which just became the new Bullet Club, um, was really stupid and wasn't going to be interesting at all. I've actually really enjoyed Jay White and the Bullet Club. Um, I just think they've been the way they built up the unit and like had them be like just unbeatable against the Okada Tanahashi Dream Team and against, um, you know, all, you know, all of chaos and all that. I think that all that stuff has actually been really fun. And he's fit in with the group really well. And just the group has a lot more chemistry than they did when they had like the elite in there too, I think. So, and uh, Joel's telling me that Tama just said on Twitter, he's the, Jay's now the official leader. So there you go. Um, But yeah, I mean, like, I just think that's really, I, I you know, I'm I'm happy to come out here and say that, like, you know, if you go back and listen to the King of Four Wrestling episode, I hated the angle at the time. But it's really worked out a lot better than I expected. I think Jay White and Bullet Club has been um, a pretty damn good, uh, you know, little thing and, like, a good build for White and Okada. Damon, want to add something here. Go ahead.
0: Uh, again, during that turn, we did we did bear witness to maybe one of the worst chair shots in the history of pro <laughs>
3: Yeah. Um, Anyone want to add anything about white and Bullet Club? Because I guess that's like a last end of year thing here. No. Okay. So, Joe, go ahead.
2: Yeah, I just wanted to know what people's feelings were on the fact that Bullet Club have basically traded one leader for another leader, and I hate to say it, but you know, one white guy leading them for another white guy leading them is (laughs) that.
3: is well, that rubbish? all the leaders? All the leaders have been
2: white They've guys. All been white.
3: Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if that's like a requirement or something. It's a little weird. Uh, but I like Jay White a lot as the Bullet Club leader, so I'm okay with it, I guess. August, you wanted to throw something out there too, so go ahead.
4: Well, I don't. I don't remember if it was so soon that it was on King of Pro Wrestling or if it was later. But when, uh, like when Okada comes out to save Tanahashi.
3: Yeah, that was Corkin a few uh, weeks later. I think. Crowd just goes, Oh no, it's nuts. Here. It is here. It is here. You're right.
4: And, uh, like, this is this the the Okada J White has been the hottest by crowd reaction uh, story in the company, not the title match. Well, the t- uh, how
3: can the title match be hot when the fucking champions I, are even there? <laughs> so. the,
4: the stare downs, those two, well, we'll get to that later, I assume. But, uh, yeah, the, the crowd's going nuts for. Okada and white, and uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's it, it's gonna be uh, be awesome at the Tokyo Dome. Like,
3: yeah, I know people are like, oh, will they deliver because the white Tanahashi match last year was kind of disappointing, but I actually think they definitely will. So, I, th- I, I think know. it's gonna be
4: a lot, I think yeah. white's a lot better, uh, yeah going into this one than he was
3: and like the crowd is and the crowd has the crowd had no fucking idea what to make of switchblade jay white last year here now now they know exactly who he is so all i think that's a him. yeah, yeah so i think it's gonna be great um okay so we're being i'm glad we're being positive now to <laughs> counteract the negativity of that main event that all of us seemed to hate. so um but, but to get a little negative again very quickly the super junior tag league um this was something i was very excited for going in like you know, I was so excited. I wrote like a whole preview on it that even got me my little Kevin Kelly shout out, which was cool. But, um, you know, I, I just was very disappointed by this. I watched every match in it and just, I don't know, the guys just did not seem like they were trying that hard. And maybe it's just because it's a bunch of random little tour stops where they're like shoehorning this league in now. What always that always used to be a quick single elimination tournament. They just, I don't know, they just didn't get up for it this year or whatever. But like, it just didn't. I don't know. There was nothing that great in this tournament, in this league, in my opinion. Um, we don't. I don't know if we have to go roundtable on this because it was so nothing. And, but unless anyone else wants to talk, wants to talk about it, maybe the the militant junior heavyweight advocate Evan, you could throw in here. What do you think? What do you think of the Super Junior Tag League?
1: Well, I also was very excited when I heard there was being upgraded to a league because now you know those tournaments are Those matches are basically the number one attraction of the of the. Uh, of all the tours coming into the final show i also thought you know i didn't watch all of it like you did good job on your part you should be <laughs> proud but you know from what i saw also i guess you could say that that's the case that's how it was it was a whole lot of pretty good and you know that's how we wrestling fans are in 2018 pretty good is that all you, is that all you got
3: you know yeah we see pretty good when we roll out of bed now so but i'm pretty good i can watch i don't know nxt uk or something um August, you wanted to add something here, so go ahead. So I I watched most of it. I
4: watched all the full shows and uh a couple matches here and there. And the best match of the tournament was the opener, the young lion opener on night one.
3: <laughs> yes, that's true. I know <laughs> I know the McMahon.
4: match Yeah. Uh I it's the only one I have in my notebook is Narita Umino and Hanari versus umera Suji and Yoshida. Yeah.
3: And it was awesome. I do and I do want to the Young Lions were awesome all year, I think. And just adding in two more, you know, with uh, with Suji and Romero, just, yeah, they had a really great year. So should mention that since we're doing a year in review here. Um, that brings you to Power Struggle. Of, I like this show a lot. This is a, you know, I, I like this quite a bit more than King of Four Wrestling. Um, you know, the three-way with uh, the Super Junior Tag Final was pretty good. Uh, Goto Taichi, you know, devastating result, but I actually liked the match quite a bit with Taichi, like, beating goto down early and goto having to fire his way back and then the top three matches i thought were all pretty awesome you know ishii and suzuki had a their usual like brutal match naito and saber was like fucking outstanding um i think even better than their g1 match which was you know really really good as well and then another really cool intercontinental title match with jericho and evil so joel what did you think of power struggle
2: Uh, Yeah, I think it was uh, an underrated card. I think it was one of the better ones of the year. Uh, Top to bottom, nice, easy watch. Uh, I thought Ishii versus Suzuki was a great match. Um, We even got a a very rare Suzuki dropkick. And I said before, when you see the dropkick, then you know that Suzuki means business. Um, Naito against Zack Sabre Jr. I think that might be my feud of the year. Because they had three terrific matches together from the New Japan Cup to the G1 to this match of Power Struggle. They got great chemistry together. They're just, their two personalities and attitudes and cockiness just uh, bounce off each other really nicely. Yeah. So I just, yeah, a really terrific show. I mean, I, uh, I think ever... they sort of bottled it with the main event, though. They, they should have put the belt on an evil, but that's a minor complaint.
3: Yeah, because then you could have done like IC title and Naito Jericho, because, you know, you could still have the reason to do Naito Jericho. But, um, You know, I think Naito's ESJ could be a great, like, title match someday, whether it's for the Intercontinental or maybe for, like, a heavyweight champion Naito. Uh, Damon, I'm sorry I missed it. You wanted to say something, I guess, about the junior tag league?
0: Uh, no. I mean, I mean, we're, we're on, we've moved past it, but just, I mean, it was just, it was kind of, it was pointless, right? (laughs) Watching the entire tournament and, you know, finals and the finger points and I challenge you and I beat you before and that nonsense. So it really was, um,
3: Well, they did that shit in both tag leagues. I mean, what are you going to do?
0: Yeah, I mean, but it's... In Fury, you know what I'm trying to say there. Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
3: But what do you think about Power Struggle, Damon? Well,
0: uh, I I think a lot of people would have wanted Evil to win, but I don't know if that would would have been the best way to go. Um, I like Evil as the gatekeeper set up naito at the dome and i, and I think you know, if we're giving early predictions naito takes a title there i like naito and zach i really like ishii and suzuki um and i didn't have to do a cartwheel i think that's really <laughs> what's most important for in everyone involved with goto and uh, taichi uh, unfortunately did not deliver that four star bar that we were all hoping to see but uh well i'm, I'm, I'm uh I'm three and zero in my cartwheel death matches. <laughs> I, I feel I feel good about 2018.
3: Uh, Evan, what do you think about power struggle?
1: I can't complain about this show at all. Ishi Suzuki, Naito, Zack, Jericho put in a pretty great performance that I didn't expect of him. And I figured he would kind of like not try so hard and match with someone who he would consider beneath him. But no, he he busted his ass to make that match pretty good.
3: See, so, you now I heard I heard the reason why this match even happens because he wanted to do the match with evil. So that, that didn't didn't surprise me that he went out there and tried that hard. Oh, Jericho but, wanted evil. So yeah. Funny. That he, that he picked him. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's what someone told me. So, um, what do you think August?
4: Yeah. Like everyone said, it was a pretty great show. Uh, I went four and a half on Naito and Zach. Um, I thought it was great. I thought all their, three of their matches were, were really, really good. um, I like the lead up into the match. Like I like the three match story they told where Zach got a submission the first time, then he won with the the Michinoku driver in the G one, which he had been building to all tournament and and then but he wasn't able to get either of those things in this match. Um then real quick, I think the the losers of the two uh final matches here, Zach and Evil, I think they're gonna have huge 2019. I think they're going to get pushed real hard.
3: Yeah, so I would agree. This is one of the more underrated shows of the year. Very good show. Um, World Tag League, We don't have to spend really much time on it at all. I actually thought it was one of the better World Tag Leagues in a while, And that usually I watch the first couple of shows and drop off, but I ended up watching all the way to the end, just because um, I really enjoyed the tai Chi and Zack team. So I just ended up following them all the way to the very end of the tournament. Um, and there were some cool little, like there were some storyline stuff like that Chucky T like berserker storyline that I don't know if that's going to go somewhere eventually, but at least it was like something on the tour. Um, and then obviously at the end you have the never title, you know, little mini tournament kind of, which is a bigger thing than we usually get at a, uh, world tag league type show. So yeah, I don't know. Does anyone have any thoughts on the world tag league before we wrap up the year? Not
4: not the tag (laughs) league itself, but I thought, uh, Tai Chi versus Osprey was was an awesome match.
3: Yeah, that's like Tai Chi's like big four star match. I that, think
4: that is. Yeah, yeah.
3: I, I, I mean that. Well, that and the Naito one. But yeah,
0: yeah. well, well to sucker me into that one. <laughs> you know, listen, he put he put a lot of heavy odds on that one. I wasn't I wasn't taking a bait on that one because I even I was worried about that. Um, and the and the possibilities there. Yeah, he definitely delivered there, and, and that's really one of Tai Chi's better matches of 2018.
3: Uh, all right, so I guess we can wrap up the look back at the year. Anyone have any, let's say, final thoughts on how the year went? Evan, what do you think of 2018
1: in New Japan? I mean, I've seen, by the way, I should tell you this. Every time I see a tweet of somebody saying, I unsubscribe from New Japan World, I save it, just in case they come back. <laughs> I'm, I'm very vindictive. I've never done that, by the way. As far, even during my
3: Naito... My NATO freak out at the G one. I never. I didn't say I was unsubscribing. I mean, because I, I knew I would just. If I said that, I would just resubscribe immediately. So,
1: you know, I can't say you know, 2017 was better. I think almost everybody who saw both years would say that. 2018, though, we just went over it. There was a lot, to, a lot of good to offer, but apparently not enough for some people to get turned off from the product. I hope Russell Kingdom can bring them back in. What do you think, Damon?
0: I think 2018. Again, is one of those years that people are going to look back on it and hopefully look at fondly because it's well deserving. You know, when, when we do our match of the year poll, you know, we we had to whittle it down to 20. 20. Um, that that to me is is speaks volume to a, to a great year. Were there things that you could just eye roll and hand wave, and and it starts at the top? Sure, absolutely. Uh, the tag situation still hasn't been recognized. Um, you know, lack of focus for, for certain people that you know, it does it it leave you scratching your head. But overall, and again, at the end of the day, I'm looking at match quality and, and would I watch these matches again? That you I mean, that I would. And, um, no, it wasn't as, as good as the year previous to me, uh, but I still think it's a damn good year and I think people are sleeping on
3: it. Um, Here's what I would say, too, because I want to, now that I've, before I go to uh, Joel and, uh, you know, I I really feel like it's formally in my thoughts here. I think it was a very strong year for match quality and not a great year for, like, angle storyline quality, if that makes sense. Like, there was more in the way of, like, feuds and storylines that I hated this year, whether it was, like, the Bullet Club Civil War or, you know, some of the other stuff going on that, like, just that I wasn't into at all than there have been in prior years, but like the overall match quality was still very high. So that's how I would put it. It was a very good match quality year. And then maybe some of the storyline stuff, like, you know, just being disappointed in in Naito's use and the Bullet Club Civil War and all that stuff just was not very good in my opinion. And the, and the Golden Lovers thing kind of being dropped, you know, almost dropped pretty quickly or just not used well was disappointing as well, but match quality still obviously very high. Um, August, what do you think?
4: Yeah. I mean, it was a pretty great year. We, uh, I got to watch a lot more of it than I normally do since uh, we had a baby this year and I'm staying at home with her. So uh, I got to watch it like that morning, whatever show was up, I just turn it on over my coffee and uh, just even there was very few bad, like, like really bad stuff. Like last year,